just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. The once popular Utah-based sandwich shop, Even Stevens, has locked its doors. But the shops and signs are still standing around the valley. So what the heck happened? It's Tuesday, June 27th. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Producer Ivana Martinez, what sparked your investigation into the closure of even Stevens' chain of sandwich shops? So I happen to live pretty close to an even Stevens by my house, and I wanted some lunch, and so I headed down there. And um, I thought it really strange because their hours were like 9 to 2, and it was like noon on a Monday and their lights were off, their doors were closed and like the chairs were all picked up. And I was Mm. like, huh. And around that same time, CityCast Boise producer Frankie Barnhill messaged me and was like, hey, even Stevens is a Utah-based company, right? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, I had something really weird happen to me where I ordered a sandwich online and I never got it, but apparently they're closed. And I looked online as well because I thought that was quite strange. And I found out that some people in Salt Lake off of a Reddit thread had also gone through the same thing. I marched my way back down to the Even Stevens after that. And I saw that there was an eviction notice on the door. And then I did what any good reporter would do. I called every Even Stevens in the Valley and none of them answered. Some of the calls dropped. Some of them were like, this number is no longer in service. And so that's how I fell into this rabbit hole. Yeah. Well, it's funny because the first sandwich I ever had when I moved to Salt Lake was an Even Stevens. It was the Sugar House location. And Even Stevens, like, fever was hot in this city. Like, everyone I knew was raving about the tater tots, raving Mm -hmm. about the sandwiches. Why were people so stoked on it? I think a big reason that people were so obsessed with this restaurant was because of the model. Even Stevens was billed as a restaurant with a cause. And essentially, every time you bought a sandwich at this restaurant, they would give one away to a local nonprofit. And I think that was a really, really big sell for this restaurant, especially here in Utah, where we really buy into like philanthropic efforts. And also their sandwiches were pretty good. So it was like you eat a good sandwich and you're also doing a really good deed. But I also think that was a really big incentive for people to work at the company as well. And I talked to former cause director Sarah Day, and this is what she told me. When we came on, we really wanted to make it sincere and authentic and actually make a difference and things like that. So that's why we got so interested in it. So buy a sandwich, give a sandwich is cool in theory, but is that what was actually happening? Like, was was that model panning out? Yes and no. So it wasn't necessarily a sandwich that we're 
they were giving away to local nonprofits. What they were doing was for every sandwich that was sold, which, you know, an average one was what, like eight to 12-ish dollars? Probably, like, I a, would a say rack, closer to 12 to 14. A pretty decent sized sandwich. So what they would do is they would give a credit to these nonprofits. So they, by the end of the month, would be able to purchase um, at a food manufacturer store. And so for each sandwich that they were selling, they were giving about 54 cents of like credit to these local nonprofits. So that's how this was like panning out. Okay. I like your answer of yes and no there because, okay, in theory, that is the theoretical donation of a sandwich. But I guess if I'm buying something and it's been given a certain value, which is $10, and I'm told that what's happening is that some the thing I'm buying is being gifted to someone else and it will have equal value, $10 to $0.54 isn't totally adding up for me. No, it isn't. But I think, you know, these nonprofits were able to do with what they wanted with that money. Like they could buy deli meat or cheese or like maybe something else that they might need. And so it's not the model that people were being advertised exactly, but it it was happening. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at slclivingtrad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you want to learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, and be one in a class of 19, not 100. So, Ivana, how did we go from Even Stevens being a total Salt Lake obsession to locked doors, mysterious disappearance, people putting in online orders, and not getting a sandwich, which is where we are today? 
Okay, so we had several big problems that kind of led to this. Let's start off with the big one, overexpansion. There was this kind of tension at the company about expanding too quickly. Hmm. Lower management was kind of focused on like, let's keep our like relationships in the community. And, you know, the <laughs> managers and the owners were like, we're one of the biggest, fastest like sandwich companies like rising up in America. Like we got to keep going. And they wanted to open about 20 shops by like 2016. Take into account that they opened in 2014. Now that's two years to open 20 shops. And when you're thinking about a lot of restaurants businesses, you know, they're often like, they're given like a five year deadline to like make it or break it. Mm -hmm. And so that was a really big thing. Also notoriously thin margins in the restaurant business. And I feel like most investors in any business would advise against that kind of growth. But I'm not an economist, so carry on. (laughs) And then you're also thinking, you're like, okay, they have this like buy one, give one model. So how does that really work in these other states? And so I asked the former chief financial officer, Michael Zumwalt, about it. And I was like, well, how was it integrating into these communities? And here's what he said. It was never embraced by those communities. It was never viewed, you know, with integrity. It was viewed... I think maybe as a marketing scheme. Yeah, I mean, probably five to 10 years ago, this like buy a thing, give a thing, sort of like, I don't know, charitable capitalism model was really hot. Like I always think about the rise of Tom's shoes and like it was trendy, but I'm not surprised that people were a little bit suspicious. What else was maybe like starting to rot a bit inside this company? Okay, so you know how I mentioned there are 20 restaurants, right? Only about three of these restaurants are making an actual profit. Like people aren't really buying into this idea. And so because they're not making a profit, that's I'm I'm not a businesswoman, but I don't think like, you know, like the math isn't mathing. And so there's kind of like these money issues going on and they're trying to figure out how to handle this this donation model that they've kind of established in these communities, but also actually trying to break even. How vast was this expansion? Like where, like what was the stretch of even Stevens in the West? So they had multiple states in the West, including Arizona, Texas, Colorado, Idaho. Um, They were pretty integrated into, you know, our state. They had locations from Sugar House to Logan to Provo. But here's where the next kind of piece of this puzzle starts to kind of come into the picture. There was a lot of like, messy business dealings from the founder. And we have to like understand that even Stevens is under an umbrella of like this founder's companies. And so once his other company got into some hot water, even Stevens kind of got dragged into that. The founder started getting investigated by the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commissions. Okay. And things are kind of heating up in a very... Not a great way. <laughs> no, I mean, that's that is like one of the worst things that can happen to your brand. I mean, the SEC only gets involved if there is like fraud or insider trading. Do we know what he was being investigated for specifically? So he was allegedly misleading investors on how profitable his other business was. So that's that's going on. And at that point, like cash flow is stopping. And when I talked to one of the other former employees, I talked to former cause director Sarah Day about this. You know, she told me that she recalled a day very vividly where they brought all of the employees from the other states into Utah to kind of have this big snowmobile day. She remembers being like, 
we're not doing great, but we're spending all this money. And she remembers very vividly that she got this like email later that night after that employee day. And it was like, come prepared to be in this meeting tomorrow morning and talk about the fact that we're losing about like $800,000 a month. The day after the company planned an elaborate snowmobile like recreation day for employees. Yes. Mm. Yeah, that's a choice. Yeah. And so as these like messy business dealings are happening and going on, the company is like, we're going to try to create some distance from the owner and kind of restructure our model because this isn't working in the way that we thought it was going to work. And at that time, new management is being brought on. And also they stopped the donation model for around 60 days. And there's kind of this vibe shift happening at the company and they make a notice pretty early that they're going to stop the donations. And then after the 60 days go off, it's presumed that the donations will continue, right, to these companies, but that's not really the case. They're going through a, a big restructuring and so they aren't really marketing that they've kind of completely stopped this donation model. That kind of gets leaked out to local media And the Salt Lake Tribune publishes a story. And here's where the next big thing happens to this restaurant, which is this brand distrust with the public. Because people find out that they're still marketing as if they're buying one, giving one to to a local nonprofit. That's obviously not the case. And that loses a lot of trust within the local market. Kind of leaves a really bad flavor in people's mouths. And they're like... Mm, I'm not really buying into this restaurant anymore. Not as I was initially. So it sounds like, though, it feels really sudden for you and me and our colleague Frankie Barnhill in Boise who ordered us and the people of Reddit who ordered sandwiches and never received them. Maybe this was actually sort of this company slowly just faded away. We all kind of blinked and missed it. But there wasn't necessarily like one thing that caused them to lock the doors. No, it was like a a domino case, right? Like you see one domino tip and then another one and it kind of happens. And I think a lot of us were shocked when, we know, we might have either called into the restaurant and tried to place our orders and we're like, wait, what happened? But if you were paying attention, like there were a series of things that happened that kind of led to this. They eventually announced bankruptcy in 2019. And taking into account that shortly after we went into a global pandemic, that also was not probably helpful at all. They didn't stand a chance. No. And when I talked to the former CFO and the former cause director, they were kind of actually surprised that the downtown location kind of hadn't closed sooner. Well, before I let you go, I mean, I am dying to know here, what happened to all the sandwiches that people ordered and never got? Did they get their money back? Are they going to get their money back? So I had that same question. So I reached out to the last listed CEO to see if I could get any comment on where the situation was, if the tater tots were ever going to come back, if we were ever going to see a revival from even Stevens, and if people were going to get their money back. And I didn't hear back from him. Um, I tried him several times and he wasn't reachable. But I did reach back out to CityCast Boise producer Frankie Barnhill to see if she got her money back and to see if like there was any reconciliation on that end. Mm-hmm. And... She also didn't get her money back. So Hmm. I wouldn't be holding my breath if I ordered from this restaurant. Yikes. Well, that's the way the sandwich crumbles, I guess. That's right. 
Producer Ivana Martinez, thank you so much for reporting this story. Thank you, Allie. In other food news, that sweet little coffee shop on 1st South and 7th East, Holy Water, is set to open its doors this week. Lady Flower, the creator of the CityCast-sanctioned chocolate chip cookie, is now roommates with Baby's Bagels at the Old Canela's on 500 South. And in the realm of chains, we are getting an H-Mart, a Dave's Hot Chicken, and a Panera. I will not be speaking on the new Jack in the Box in Salt Lake City, but I wish everyone on board with that operation the absolute best. That is all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Thank you for listening. We will be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. Bye.